Hi, um, this is the JJC Podcast, episode 26. It's been a long road. But we have our special guest, John Shipley, sports journalist for the Sports Illustrated Jaguars Maven. How are you on this beloved evening? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on again, Andre. Uh, you know, been it, after a couple of weeks where literally nothing was happening, it's been nice to have some Jaguars news in the last few days. Completely. I I personally feel like this is the the tough part of the NFL offseason because it's like a lot of speculation. Free agency hasn't really started yet, and then you have the draft a month away, so it's just been a lot of speculation. So it's like a slow point for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, it's that time of the year where everybody can basically throw the wildest ideas against the wall and, you know, see which one can stick. Yes. Um, I have to give you guys credit for yesterday. I watched the um, press conference of um, of Urban Meyer, and I have to give credit to all of Jacksonville Media. You guys did a great job. I really, after listening to the press conference of Urban Meyer with the questions that were being asked, it, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Now, the, the uh, local media in Jacksonville does a great job, and I thought Urban was a, uh, you know, super insightful and super detailed in his answers, which uh, uh, is always really nice. Yes. Um, if you weren't a fan of Urban Meyer and you watched the press conference as a Jaguars fan, he gave he he reassured you and instilled confidence that he was a leader of men. That that's what I felt after listening to the press conference, and you guys did an amazing job with the questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I, I thought it was one of the most uh, informative press conferences I've seen, and you know that you know this is my third offseason uh, covering the Jaguars, so I, absolutely. And I thought Urban, uh, you know, from from it really seems like you know from all impressions that he's a. Uh, you know, had a kind of a positive start to his tenure, you know, in terms of just with the players, with the coaches, evaluating everything. Yes. Um, what things stood out to you during the press conference yesterday? Uh, I, I thought it was interesting to see how he basically let you know where he thinks the roster needs the most improvement. You know, a lot of times, you know, Trent Baalke got asked today how he would assess the roster. and He said he didn't want to give any answers because he didn't want the other 31 teams to know what they were thinking. But Thurman <laughs> was the opposite yesterday. You know, he said, uh, we need a speed receiver. We need to rebuild our tight end room. Uh, we need to rebuild the defensive line. And we need to revamp the secondary. Uh, you know, obviously, he said quarterback comes before all of that. But we yeah. kind of already know what their solution for that is. So uh, that, that was my biggest takeaway, just the fact that he was so open about what they need. So it really showed to me that, you know, tight end, uh, corner, safety, defensive line, and uh, receiver is where they're going to go hard at. Yes, yes. And I, I like how he stood up for his offensive line as well. And he also, had a, in a, a slight of subtle, he called out the tackles. That's yeah, that's no, I absolutely. I, I, took it. I, I feel like honestly, it was kind of the same thing Marone was kind of saying, you know, uh, maybe even last offseason, you know, where you know the tackles have to get better. And uh, I, I, I thought Cam took a step forward last year. Jawan took, uh, unfortunately, kind of a significant, significant step back from his rookie year. Uh, you know, I, th- I will say though, the offensive tackles 
they don't always have the easiest job in the Jaguar system because uh, offensive line coach George Warhop, uh, you know, Brandon Thorne's one of the best offensive line analysts in, in the entire world. And he told uh, Gus Logue in a story on Jaguar Report about Cam uh, earlier this month that George Warhop asked his offensive tackles the vertical set, which is basically like mm-hmm. the hardest thing for offensive tackles to do. So, you know, they're consistently being asked to do like tough things, but at the end of the day, you still need better production. Yes. And and it, it does it doesn't help that he has to play in a division that that for a number of years had some good defensive lines in a sense. So Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. This offseason so far, what do you or who do you believe should be the Jaguars' main priorities in free agency? I, I know a lot of people are, you know, kind of skeptical about Hunter Henry because of his injury history. But when I look at him, I see a guy who's been relatively healthy for the past two seasons. So you're kind of hoping he put those behind him. But he is the most complete tight end available, you know, in in terms of receiving ability and blocking ability. uh, If you look at both the draft and the free agency pool, he is the top tight end. So I think if you're going to start a rebuild, a tight end room, why not start it with the best possible, you know, talent? available and then uh some other guys i think make a lot of sense i think curtis samuel our receiver uh, i also think will fuller at receiver could be a sneaky fit uh, we haven't seen a lot of people connect them but meyer mentioned how they need a big play threat and when healthy there might not be a better big play threat in the nfl than will fuller you know he and his skill set would just kind of mesh for trevor lawrence's perfectly uh defensively i think mike hilton would make a lot of sense and then uh john johnson uh, at safety i think with mike hilton at nickelback and johnson at safety you had a lot more versatility and uh you know kind of multiplicity to the back end of the defense i agree with that i i i definitely like the the hunter henry because for years the jaguars just have not been able to find a tight end that can that the defense respects in a sense to take attention off the receivers and i think a great tight end would open up the field and help all the offensive guys all around yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, the the entire time I've covered the Jaguars, they have they haven't had you know really a tight end you know really worth mentioning outside of a you know a two or three game stretch from James O'Shaughnessy. You know, that's really all the Jaguars have had at tight end in the last few years. So I'm with you. That definitely has to be an area of focus, and I think you know they're probably going to look to both the draft and free agency to kind of attack that because that's a room that kind of needs to be overhauled completely. Yes, yes. Um. Speaking of free agency, do you feel like the Jag like what are some underrated players that may not be on the radar for the Jags, but if they signed them, it could be a big possibility. Uh, I think Keanu Neal makes sense at safety. Ooh, I uh, like that one. Yeah, he he he's a really solid safety. You know, this was a stacked uh, free agency class of safety before. It seemed like half of them all got franchise tagged, but he's he's kind of been an underrated name. Uh, I think Shelby Harris is a really talented interior defensive lineman. He's the best pass rushing defensive uh, lineman left on the market now after Lena Williams got tagged. And then, you know, on offense, I'd even I'd look at Gerald Everett from the Rams. You know, if the Jaguars don't get Hunter Henry, if they don't get John New Smith, then Everett's the best tight end available. And he's you know, he's more of a receiving type tight end, a guy you move around and put in the slot, but he could still help out the passing game quite a bit. Yes. And 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 that and I could I could see the Gerald Everett because I don't feel like he got it he got an opportunity, but not as much. So there's still a little mystery there and with Urban Meyer 
and how the offense may be, he would be really important. He could be really important for us if we were to sign him. Yeah, wh- whichever team gets that right, I feel like it's probably going to be – it's going to look like a bargain in like a year because, you know, he's not going to get a big deal this offseason because, you know, he didn't put up giant numbers in Los Angeles because he had to split reps and stuff. So whoever gets him, I think is going to be a, getting a quality starting tight end for probably a really good price. Yes. Um, what's your thoughts about the coaching staff that he hired? I wasn't. I was impressed with the staff he put together, just in the fact that you know it was a nice mix of college and NFL guys. You know, some youth and some experience. You know, especially you know on the defensive side of the ball. And well, what I really liked was it seemed like he, you know, not only did he bring in people like he knew he was comfortable with, like Chris Ash and Charlie Strong, but there were so many you know people he brought in that you know maybe he didn't have past connections with, and that's what really impressed me because you know I think when. Urban got hired. People just assumed he was going to hire his friends and stuff. Well, he never coached with Daryl Bevel. He never coached with Joe Colin, you know, that kind of stuff. I, You know, most of his coaching staff, he's never coached with. So I, I was impressed by it. I really did think he put together, um, honestly, a stellar staff from top to bottom. I thought Brian Schottenheimer was an outstanding hire for passing game coordinator. Uh, I'd imagine he'd basically be uh, the quarterback coach, and he's very gifted at that. Uh, I, honestly, if things take off like the Jaguars uh, – you know, want them to. I wonder how long they'll even have Schottenheimer or, you know, uh, Bevel in, in town. Right. And I, I like I like both of those hires because Bevel has worked with Russell Wilson. He's worked with a lot of veteran quarterbacks. He's been around has been around the league. And I like Brian Schottenheimer as well because of the same thing. And plus, I think what Pete Carroll said about Burl, Bevel, that's his name, Bevel, that, you know, he was hands-on with Russell Wilson majority of the time. So watching Russell Wilson grow and develop into the quarterback he he became, and now we're going to have Trevor Lawrence. I, I like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, two, it's two guys who have, you know, worked with a lot of quarterbacks. You know, you, you go back throughout Bevel's history, and when he's had talented quarterbacks, they've produced very well under him. You know, Brett Favre from Minnesota, uh, Matthew Stafford yep. went uh, healthy in Detroit, and, of course, Russell in in uh, Seattle. So they, they have a good – I thought some of their best hires were the hires they made for the guys that were going to surround Lawrence. So I thought that was very smart of them. Yes. With, regarding the defensive side, what, where do you see them going as far as their system? Is concerned. Yeah, of course. Uh, I I think that they'll be going toward you know more of a multiple type defense. Uh, I I think that they'll be moving toward a plan to really you know kind of have a different type of scheme and philosophy for each different week. You know, so that they can adjust to the opponent and set so they can keep the opponent you know really on their toes. So I, I think that they're going to bring in a defense that will you know actually something different to look at because with the past few Jaguars defenses, you know, it's been the same thing every single time. Yes. Yes, it has. And we finally let the coach that's been here for so, so long defensively, he is gone. So I'm curious to see how the defense will be. The Jaguars, we already know with the number one pick, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence if they were not to draft Trevor Lawrence, people would get fired. (laughs) (laughs) 
but the, the the pick to me that really intrigues me is the 25th pick. Yeah. Me personally, if I was the Jags, if I was thinking about I would trade that pick for a proven player to add to the staff that I mean add to the team that we already have to improve them much quicker. But where do you see the Jaguars leaning towards with that 25th pick? Um, I I really think it's going to be either in the secondary or defensive tackle. The only hang-up is this is a bad defensive tackle class. You know, there's a very real yeah. chance there'll be only one defensive tackle with a, you know, a first-round grade in Alabama's Christian Barmore. And, you know, the I, I, I wrote on it last week that the times that it has happened where the first defensive tackle comes off the board at pick 25, it does not happen. You know, so you, you basically will need to be, you know, hitting your knees and praying if you want to get Barmore at 25, if he is the first defensive tackle drafted. I, I think cornerback makes a lot of sense. My two current uh, names that I think are the best fits for the Jags at 25 are Greg Newsom, the Northwestern cornerback. He he is mm-hmm. he has unbelievable feet. He he he's right up there with JC Horn for you know my favorite cornerback in the draft. He is just so he is so fluid. He's explosive. Uh, you know he he's aggressive. He has ball skills. He really is the whole package. And then he blew you know uh, jumped out of the gym at his pro day yesterday. Uh, and then I also really like TCU safety Trayvon Morick. Uh, you know, he can he really did it all for TCU. He has ball skills. He can fit against the run. You know, he can play in man coverage. He has range. So I'm I'm a big fan of both of those guys, and I think either one that would be a great fit. Okay. I, I've, I've watched some tape on the TCU guy. I really like – I like him. I like him a lot. I think he would – I think he would fit here perfectly. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I think especially with their defensive scheme, the fact that – you know, this scheme kind of asks safeties to do a lot of different things, you know, man coverage and blitz. I think it's a scheme that would fit him really well. And, uh, you know, he's been a really popular name to them in mock drafts. So I think it's a real possibility. I hope so. You know, I like – we already have a young team. So my thing is when you add more young players, yes, it's good. But they, we have to hit on these players. These players have to be successful. Because if they aren't successful, then we're back to where we was during the previous regime, where we might we hit we miss on a couple players, and now we have to make up for them in a sense. Yeah, no, I mean that was really a kind of the emphasis of Bulky's press conference today. Uh, you know, he kept saying value, and you know, maybe a, a GM emphasizing value when he leads the NFL in cap space may surprise some people, but even though you lead the NFL in cap space, even though you have all these picks, you still need to spend wisely and you still need to draft wisely. Cause you know, if you don't, if you, if you make mistakes, it's going to hurt you both now and down the road. So they definitely can't just assume, okay, we have all this cap. We have all these picks. Uh, we can basically do anything without consequence. Yes. Yes. And, and we have to see those players, not immediately, but we have to see mid-season, hey, we see something here. At least mid-season. Or, you know, towards the end. But we need to see that yeah. growth of the players that they selected. Cause, yeah, no, I mean... You know, we've been... I was going to say, the Jaguars have been in this position before where they've had to cap, they've had to picks, yep. and they draft a player, and, you know, oh, we got all these picks, we got all of this... Yeah. Like, Sign the wrong free agent, and then we're back 
the square one again with the new regime. So I mean, I mean, you know, they last off season they all they all they talked about was how many picks they had. You know, that's all they talked about all spring and ended up with a one and fifteen season with, you know, yeah, you had a few solid rookies, but your best rookie wasn't even one you drafted. Right, he was undrafted. Yeah, so I, I no, it's like it's that. it's definitely it's definitely hard to you know kind of lean on it to you know something like it's always a guarantee to happen. Like yeah, it's great having those picks, but uh, the entire reason having a lot of picks is great is because the draft is so un kind of unpredictable. Is you want as many you know uh, uh, swings at the plate as you can get. Right. Exactly. Speaking, still speaking of the draft. What are some of the guys that are second day, late round, maybe even undrafted players that may be undrafted in this draft that are sleepers that no one's really talking about that could be a hit for for any team or even the Jaguars? Oh, man, that, that, that's a tough one because I, I'm, like, so kind of early into my draft work. Uh, I, I love North Texas uh, wide receiver Jalen Darden. Dude is the most explosive guy on the field every time he's out there. Uh, Oklahoma defensive end Ronnie Perkins isn't a late-round guy by any means, but he's a really underrated pass rusher who I think, you know, might be a top three or four pass rusher in this entire class. But, you know, there's a chance you can probably get him third or fourth round. Uh, Notre Dame tight end Tommy Tommy Trimble, he's probably going to be a a day three pick, but he's a guy who has a lot of upside, especially as, you know, a receiver. So those are three guys I like a lot, uh, especially Darden. Uh, Michael Carter from UNC, uh, you know, he's probably going to be the second UNC running back drafted this year. So there's a good chance he'll go late day three, and I'm a big fan of his as well. well. Now, he was one of the standouts uh, from the senior bowl. He's very explosive, catches the ball well, runs good routes. He, he, He would be a good fit with James Robinson. Okay, so that's what I was going to get into. Speaking of James Robinson, I did like that Urban gave him a big shout out as far as being that that's one position he didn't have to worry about. But where do you see the Jaguars going as far as do they, do they pick up a backup running back, preferably a veteran or, as you say, maybe a draft one? Like as the sleeper that you just named, I, I think I think they definitely add a running back. You know, uh, Bulky mentioned today that they want to add some explosiveness to that room, and that's true. You know, uh, even the biggest James Robinson fan will say that the Jaguars need more explosion in the running back room next year compared to this past season. You know, Robinson's a fantastic running back, and he will be the barrel cow moving forward. But you can't just rely on him. You know, every every good team has multiple guys they can kind of give the ball to. Uh, we just saw Tampa Bay kind of function with a one-two punch and Ronald Jones and. Fournette. So I, I ultimately think they probably draft a running back, but it, it wouldn't surprise me to see them bring a cheap veteran in either. Okay. As far as cheap veteran, which if it was a veteran, which veteran would you prefer for the Jaguars to bring in? Uh, if I was the Jaguars, like a, the, the one veteran running back I would sign is actually uh, Marlon Mack. And, you know, I, I know he's I know he's coming off that ACL injury from week one last season. But when healthy, you know, he's one of the better running backs of his skill set. You know, he's just he's incredibly explosive and he's a big value to the passing game. So I think a guy like him could do, be a really good compliment to Robinson. Plus, the Jaguars would give him a chance to, you know, uh, get recover and get back on the field. That's a great choice. I didn't even... You know, I I forgot about Marlon Mack because of the injury, that he was even a free agent. 
Yeah, no. If he didn't get hurt, he would have probably been the second best running back free agent on the market this year. You know, behind Aaron Jones. I agree. I was I was thinking more of someone like an Adrian Peterson type, as far as like just a power running back. Yeah, that can change the pace a little bit. But James Robinson has strength to him as well, and he 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 embraces the contact. So that's a I. Marlon Mack, that's a that would be a great. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, just skill, just skill set wise, I I really don't think there's anybody better out there. I know, you know, people have mentioned Aaron Jones a few times, but I I just really don't think it makes sense to do that. No, he he's going to demand top dollars. Even though I I personally I had him on my fantasy team last year, and I personally for some odd reason Green Bay just never really fed him the ball like that. They give him 15 carries, 16 carries, 70 yards when he could have really had more. But yeah, no, I know. Yeah, he's gonna I, demand top. I, I, absolutely, and that, that's that's really the thing. You know, the Jaguars. You know, they the Jaguars one of the best examples why you don't need to pay a running back. You know, I, I I don't think at all that running backs' importances to the game are devalued like some people. But I am of the mind that it's not that hard to find one. You know what I mean? So, like, if you need to add to your running back room, by all means, you should do it. But you have 11 draft picks, including several on day three to do it. Exactly. And it's not really that big of an issue because we have James Robinson, who is pretty good. I mean, he's he's pretty damn good in his own right. And we ain't looking to replace him, so. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I, I I still think Robinson's going to have a giant role uh, in in the Jaguars' future, at least in the short term future. Uh, no matter who they add. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Keelan Cole, where do you see the end result? Do you believe they're going to resign him? No, I I, I don't. I, I don't think Keelan Cole is going to be resigned. Uh, you know, they have three receivers they like in Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chanel, and DJ Chark. Uh, and just from Urban's comments on, you know, how he likes to receive a room, but how they lacked the big play threat, it it just seems to be that, you know, uh, Keelan's probably played his last down the Jaguars. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him land in Minnesota with a uh, former Jaguars receivers coach, uh, Keenan McCardell, who now has the same role as the Vikings. Oh. I could see that. That that'll be dope for him. He would he would be he would be perfect. Yeah, he would be perfect for that spot over there because they already got two great receivers, and then they would have him in the. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and, and it's it, it's you know it's a bit of a predicament because he is such a good player and he's a productive player. It's just they need a different type of player right now. You know, they need somebody who can take the top off of a defense, and you know, he. he Cole for, you know, all the things that he's good at. He just doesn't really seem like a Meyer type of receiver in the sense that, you know, he doesn't really bring that speed element. Right. And if you look at his offenses, he's always had some type of speed or speedster or quick speed. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't DJ Chark become that? That was the first thought I had when Urban mentioned it yesterday. But, I mean, you also have to consider, uh, consider DJ Chark last year. Uh, you know, not his fault because of the quarterback play, but 
he was 39th in the NFL in yards per cap. So, you know, he, he definitely, I think, can be and is their closest thing to that right now. But I also think there's value in having a guy who, you know, can take like a, a jet sweep and, you know, turn it into a cloud and dust or a guy that takes a slant and, you know, uh, can, you know, run through the tiniest alley and score, you know, like uh, DJ is a fantastic athlete, ran, I think like a 4-3-3 or 4-3-4, but uh, just, you know, watching him play, watching a guy like Rondell Moore play, they're just different type of players. You know what I mean? DJ is more of a explosive, complete yeah. receiver, whereas Moore, he's a solid receiver as well, but he just has a, a different type of uh, gear to him. I understand that. Yeah, and you're right. I just thought when, like what you said, I thought Chark would, could be that. Uh, yeah, player. I'm with you. And with LaVisca in the slot and playing the gadget player. But I do understand that a Percy Harvin type would really open up this offense. Yeah, no, 100%. And it, it would really, you know, uh, LaVisca, I really do think it'd be best for LaVisca Chanel in his future if they treat him more and more as a real receiver, you know. Uh, obviously still asking to do some of the gadget stuff that he did last year. But this is a guy who can win downfield. You know, he can win the middle of the field. Yes. He can win in the short area. So let him play receiver in my mind. I agree. And he's got – he's he's strong and he has great he, – he, he had the – he had the best uh, droppers, the best catch percentage of any rookie in the league last year. So, uh, best like ratio of targets to like minimal drops. He was the best uh, among uh-huh. all rookies last year. Oh shoot, that's a oh. And when and if and when Trevor Lawrence get here, rookie quarterbacks need a safety blanket. LaVisca got all the skill sets for that safety. Ball. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely does, man. Yeah. La, LaVisca is a guy whose future I'm excited to see play out just because, you know, I, I thought last year between, you know, the injuries and having no real offseason program, I thought he was behind the eight ball a little bit, but he still, in my mind, had a really, you know, successful and solid season. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he takes that next step forward because I do think, uh, he has a very high ceiling. You know, I, I was a big fan of him coming out, coming out the draft. I, I wrote, uh, but, you know, during the draft process that, hey, LaVisco Chenault, somebody the Jaguars should consider at 42 just because he's such a different element. And, uh, you know, he went and did just that. Yes, and he's been doing an amazing job. Last question. The future of Gardner Minshew. Now, you know, we had Minshew mania, and then Minshew mania died down. What's next for Gardner Minshew? What do you believe is next for him? Uh, I, I think, you know, he's probably going to be relegated to a backup quarterback role to an extent, just because, you know, starting quarterback jobs is so hard to get in the NFL. Uh, you know, it, it really felt like last year, you know, like, okay, Minshew, this is your chance to – hold on to one. This is your chance to earn one. If you don't get this one, it might be hard to kind of see another one coming in without some kind of fluke scenario again, like where the starting quarterback gets hurt, like it kind of began with. So I, I, I think he's probably going to be relegated to a backup role, which, you know, is fine. I, I, I truly do think he could be one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I do too, but I know in Gar- Gardner Minshew's mind, he, he believes – he could possibly be a starter, and he didn't get a fair shot. To, to an extent, to an extent, you can say he didn't have a fair shot. But then you look at 
did they really bring anybody to compete with him over the offseason? You know, was there anybody in training camp who was pushing him to take reps on him? You know, he 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 didn't start to get a unfair shot until they were one and seven and he had an injured thumb. So to a degree, yes, but I thought that he got a fair shot to start the year, just in the sense that they committed to him for 2020, if that makes sense. That that makes sense. And I, I, I understand that. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and, and but I'm, I'm I was looking at it from a standpoint of and Gardner Minshew's my, you know, they had the COVID. He didn't have much of sure. camp. He did look good early on. He looked good early on. Then, you know, things just started to fall. You know, they lost a couple of games. The defense wasn't as good. I mean, it wasn't good at all. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And uh, I, I I would completely agree with you. You know, there were a lot of factors that play for the Jags being 1-15 last year. Uh, you know, quarterback play was obviously one of the biggest factors, but you can't put all that on Minshew. And, you know, I mean, you just look at what he did uh, in his rookie season compared to last year. You see how I think all those factors came in. Uh, he, he didn't – he didn't. if you yeah. look break down just the numbers, you know, both the basic stats and the advanced statistics, he actually played pretty similarly this year to last year. The difference is so many things around the Jaguars were worse compared to 2019 that, as a result, he looked worse as well. Okay. I, can, I agree with that. You don't see them – do you – I said this was the last. No, you good, man. I'm, I'm here, bro. <laughs> Do you see them picking up a veteran quarterback? I think if Urban Meyer had his way, they would sign Alex Smith. I, 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 I know you know the argument that Minshew is cheaper and younger, and you know if I had to pick a quarterback to win a game today, I would pick Minshew over Alex Smith. But I don't think anybody can tell me uh-huh. that they believe that Urban Meyer would not rather have Alex Smith as Trevor Lawrence's mentor and backup quarterback. He's one of the smartest guys in the NFL. He's one of the best teammates in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, anybody who doubts what Alex Smith can do for a young quarterback, go up and look at the things Patrick Mahomes said about Alex Smith. You know, basically said he taught him how to read blitzes and set protections and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you can learn a lot of things from your coaches, but there are things you can learn from your teammates that you just can't learn from coaches. So yeah. I, I, I think having a veteran backup for Lawrence would actually be important because the way I see it, uh, the Jags, you know, they're, they're, their goose is cooked if Lawrence goes down either way. So if your backup's not going to win any games anyways, might as well have a backup who can have a positive impact on your franchise quarterback. I agree. And still – that could possibly yeah. happen. I like, like you said, I can see that. I, I really, I really wouldn't be surprised because I, I know Smith probably wants to start, but you know what teams out there are lining up for Alex Smith to start for them in 2021? Yeah, exactly, no. <laughs> exactly. He like maybe Houston, if they, get, if, if they, maybe Houston, New England, or Chicago, if they're desperate. Those are the only three I can think of, and if that happens, they'll be scouting quarterbacks early next year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I I I hope that that happens. That Alex Smith is signed as a backup. I think he would do it if you know his relationship with Urban Meyer. He knows the offense. He knows Urban Meyer. Like you said, he's a veteran quarterback. He's been he, around the league. He knows this. He knows he, systems. He, 
coverages. He knows Trent Baalke, too. Uh, Baalke was part of the 49ers when they scouted and drafted Smith, and he was their GM, you know, throughout Smith's uh, most of Smith's tenure with them. So uh, both the top two guys in Jacksonville, Smith has pretty deep connections, too. Oh, man, that – Man, I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm thinking like they need to go get Alex Smith. You know, when when I put it out there, I honestly got I honestly got met with a ton of backlash. But I'm like, I I can't think of any reason they aren't the perfect fit for each other. I really can't. Right, and and to be honest, I would trade Minshew because I you know I would trade Minshew because he has value. I think there's a team out there that think we could start. You probably get like a. You probably get like a fifth from Denver. We have. Yeah, I can see that because Denver has everything except quarterback. In my opinion, they have everything. They have certain pieces in place that if they got the right quarterback, they could win nine yeah. games. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can see. I, them I, I think any teams that are trading that would trade for Minshew are teams that kind of want to start. I mean, uh kind of want to push their starting quarterback, you know, and Denver kind of fits that because nobody knows that Drew Locke is the guy or not. Right. Man, I, I just want to thank you for coming back on the show. You are the first repeated <laughs> guest on the show. Hey, it's an honor, doing. man. Thank you, as always. Uh, I appreciate it immensely. And uh, everybody, make sure to check, check, check my guy out because he does a great job. Oh, most thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure, man. (laughs) All right. This is John Shipley, sports journalist for SI Sports Illustrated Jaguars Maven. When you get a chance, check out Sports Illustrated Jaguars Maven. Check out all the articles on there. They are fabulous. Thank you, John, man. I will talk to you later, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it immensely.